Welcome to Seeking Christ in the Scriptures, the teaching and preaching podcast from McConnell Road Baptist Church in Greensboro, North Carolina. My name is Matthew Tilly, and I'm the pastor of McConnell Road Baptist, and we're glad that you've joined us for this podcast. If you'd like to learn more about the church, please visit us online at mcconnellroadbaptist.org. Matthew chapter 18, I'm just going to read the two verses that Jesus, um, or Peter and Jesus are saying here. Um, Peter's in, in verse 21, after, after Jesus has talked about what we refer to as church discipline, this is in chapter 18, verses 15 through 20, Jesus has laid out this process of what you might call church discipline. You, you know how this process works. You go to the person, they accept or don't. If they don't accept the correction, you go with witnesses. If they don't accept that correction, then you take it before the the congregation, the church. And if they don't accept that correction, then you identify them as someone who's outside of the church. And some people would interpret interpret this this church discipline process by saying, well, that means that forgiveness can't be given unless it is received, meaning it can't be given to someone who doesn't repent. That's what some people would interpret this as, by the way. And I think that's what Peter might have been listening and hearing as as he comes back and talks to Jesus. I do want to say to you that, before I even go any further, that we can forgive people who won't accept our forgiveness. We must forgive people who won't take our forgiveness. And I say that because that's what Jesus did. That's his Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. That we were sinners. We didn't want his forgiveness. And some of y'all even, and you can tell by your own testimony, some of you rejected the truth many times before finally the Holy Spirit got a hold of you and changed your heart and your mind. But God forgave you a long time before that. You know why you're going to, if you, if you don't accept the gift of salvation, why you go to hell? Certainly because of your sins. But you know why? Because of your unbelief. Jesus has done everything. He has forgiven. He has shed his blood. It is taken care of. And the reason we go to hell is because of our decision to reject Jesus Christ's free gift of salvation. Now, I'm telling you that, I'm preaching the gospel to you because that's the foundation of this forgiveness. And you need to understand, and that's as we go back, if you were to go back to chapter 18, verses 15 to 20, and read that, don't read that as the church is holding out forgiveness. We'll forgive you if you repent, we'll forgive you. That's not the interpretation you should take. Some people will. But instead, what we need to see is that this church discipline pattern follows the pattern of the Savior. The Savior is seeking us with a heart of love. That's what he did. Again, some of you, I hope all of you, there was a time where you were not a believer and God pursued you and he loved you and he came after you. Some of y'all were a little more stubborn than others of us. But nonetheless, God, he continued to love you and love you, relentlessly loving you to the point where he found you, he pursued you, though you were fallen and you were weak, you were, you were away from him, he pursued you and loved you, loved you. 
And just like that, the church needs to be the kind of church that, and I want us to be the kind of church that we pursue the fallen, we pursue the weak, we pursue those people, we seek them out, asking, trying to forgive them. That's what we ought to be doing, reaching out with hope and with love. But here's what Peter says. Look with me there in verse 20. I said verse 20, verse 21. Peter came to him, talking, to the, talking about Jesus, and he said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times seven? Uh, till seven times? And Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Now, as a church, as I said, we, we don't give up on people. That's not what this church needs to be. Church of Jesus Christ doesn't give up on people. We talked about that last Sunday night, and I appreciate the conversation that some of you, most of you participated in. Thank you for that. And I hope those that weren't able to, or didn't feel like they needed to speak out loud, that you got something from that. I, I, I was helped and blessed by that. I hope you were. But I think the big message you should have heard from that is that as a church, we should not be a church who gives up on people. We don't overlook sin by no means. We call sin what it is. But we still love those people. We pursue them. We continue in them, continue after them. We don't overlook their sin. We don't let them wander out in the wilderness without caring for them. We, we go after them. And as one who might be fallen, you and I, we're going we're to fail from time to time. We need to have that attitude of humbly receiving that correction. It's hard to do because I, I don't like to be corrected any more than the next person. But we need to have that kind of attitude. And we should all be working. I was talking to somebody this past week about this idea that we as a church ought to be working towards having these great relationships. And, and in my mind, as we were talking about that Sunday night, it's a great ideal. I want to have these great relationships where we love each other and we, we speak truth to each other's lives and we encourage each other and we correct each other. I want that kind of relationship, but the reality of it is um, we're going to get this wrong. I, I I know that y'all are all perfect, but I'm not. We're going to mess this thing up. We're, we're going to be too hard when we should have been a little softer. We're going to be too soft when we should have been a little harder. We're going to not develop that relationship because we're more introverted in personality or, or because this is our friend, so we don't want to develop new friendships. We're going to have all kinds of things where we get it wrong. We're going to get it wrong a lot, and we're going to get it wrong over and over and over and over, then what? Well, Peter, I think, gives us one suggestion. Well, maybe we need to forgive each other seven times. That's how many times we want to forgive each other. Because Peter is listening to this, and he hears what is, and one thing you need to understand about this is there's a, there's a, a rabbinical tradition that was really based on the Old Testament, but they would take his, a few verses out of the Old Testament. There's two passages, if you wanted to look these up for your own um, edification, over in Job uh, 33, Job 33, verses 29 and 30, and then also in Amos, Amos chapter 1, really all chapter 1 and then all the way to verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 6. There, in both of those passages, there's reference to God forgiving something three times. There's a reference to that. That he forgives three times. And so Peter, he was a good Jewish boy. He had learned some things in their version of Sunday school about what God would forgive three times. And he was thinking, well, um, we're going to get this wrong, so I need to at least forgive as much as God would forgive three times. But I know that Jesus, he's about being gracious and loving and kind and all these things. So what does Jesus say? 
Or rather, what does Peter say? Well, I'm going to say seven times. He's saying seven times. Let's do that. But Jesus says no. What does he say? Seventy times seven. Until seventy times seven. He says not to forgive seven times, but if you do the math on that, it's 490. That's not what he means, by the way, 490 times. Doesn't mean 490 times. Do you know what he means? That's a sense, that word, the, the sense of that is it's really kind of an infinite amount of times. He's, he's kind of just saying, just keep on doing it. He's using, a, he's using a number that's intended kind of the way you might say, what, how many times are you supposed to do it? 11 billion times. Like, that's not a real number. It's just, it's intended to be a big idea, a bajillion times, a, a lot of times. That's really what he's got in mind as he's talking about this. The reason that Jesus is saying we need to forgive, again, I want to make sure you remind yourself it's grounded in this conversation about church discipline because we're going to get this wrong. You and I are going to get it wrong. I'm going to hurt your feelings. You're going to get mad at me. I'm going to say something I shouldn't have said. You're going to do something you shouldn't have done. We're going to do that to each other. We're not going to develop the kind of... That's going to happen. That's just because we're people. We're human beings. This is going to happen. And the basis of my forgiveness of you cannot be anything other than love itself. That's, what, that's the basis here. Why is the shepherd pursuing that one lost lamb? Because he loves him. Why is the church pursuing that little one who's out in the world and wandering in sin? Because we hate them? Because they're ruining our reputation? I hope that's not the reason we're doing it. The reason we should be doing it is out of love. Because what does love do? Corinthians tells us that charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. It's not puffed up. On the other hand, my pride, my standards, my, my dignity, my, my sense of right and wrong, it has limits. I remember when, I, when my, our children were real little, especially Harrison. Man, that boy, he was a tough, tough kid to try to raise. And Vanessa did all of it, so it's whatever he is, because Vanessa did it. But, but seriously, he was a tough kid. And I remember a lot of times we'd go to the grocery store or the uh, Walmart or Target or something like that. And he's, I don't know, three, four, five years old in that kind of range, above a toddler. And that boy would scream, just like he just like he woke up mad all the time, screaming and hollering about this, that, and the other thing. And, and, and not really like throwing a tantrum, just being, ah, like that. And we'd be in a grocery store trying to just do what normal people do. And he would just embarrass the flat fool out of us. And I remember one time we was in a Target store in, in, in Winston-Salem, Target store in Winston-Salem, uh, there on University, right off University Parkway. And we were coming out of that, or we was going to that store, and he pitched one of them fits. And I remember, because me and Vanessa had an agreement, said we're going to just take him out of the store if that sort of thing happens. And we did this time. And as I'm walking as calmly as I could, keeping my face as put together as I could, he's hollering, Daddy, please don't spank me, please don't spank me, please don't spank me. And I'll tell you, I do love that boy. But I really was more in, interested in my reputation and what people thought about me at that moment. I'm embarrassed to admit the fact. That's the truth. I really wasn't concerned about whether he's going to grow up to be a a uh, fine young man or not at that moment. I just want him to shut up, be quiet, be still for five minutes. And, and that kind of attitude, I think, as much as I'm, I'm giving you that exaggerated uh, form of a frustrated parent's attitude, and, 
And y'all can, y'all can be as pious as you want to, but I know at least one or two of y'all have been there before too. So, uh, <laughs> But that kind of attitude, I think, shows up in our interactions in our church as well. Now again, it's, I hope we don't have people screaming and throwing temper tantrums and things like that, but nonetheless, we do kind of have this idea of, wow, that's beneath me, that's embarrassing me, I don't like what they're doing, so therefore what I'm going to do is, I'm going to forgive you because I'm a Christian, I'm going to forgive you three times. Oh, I'm going to be really gracious and I'll forgive you seven times, but there's a point where my dignity has an end and I'm going to say, no, 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 I need to, this needs to be dealt with right now. And that's, that's a lot of times how we deal with our church problems. The fact is that that's not how Jesus deals with it because my pride runs out, my standards run out, my dignity runs out, but you know what love does? It never runs out. Love continues to give. Peter's operating on a three strikes and you're out and Jesus is saying, Y'all just keep on. Let's just keep trying this thing. Let's just keep working on this thing. So the basis of our forgiveness has to be love. Peter, he's being gracious, but he's being legalistically gracious, if I can use that term. The law says you have to give three chances, so what does Peter do? He doubles it and adds one. So that's what he's doing. It's really what he's doing. Some of us will say, well, what's the least I can do before I have to uh, before I get to, I'll put it that, before I get to jump on him, what's the least I can do? There's others that'll say, what's the most we can do? But again, from a human perspective, we're always looking at the limits. How far can we go? What can we do? What is the least or the most? But what Jesus is doing is he is being lavish with his grace. I am glad. I, I want y'all to think about that for a minute, what Jesus is doing. He is being lavish with his grace. He is saying... I'm never going to stop loving you. I like that about my Lord. You need to stop and think about that for a minute. I think some of us can get a little bit uh, enamored with ourselves, like we are the stuff. But y'all ain't. I'm not. And the Lord knows that. But he's not going to stop loving me. He's going to continue... I can think of my own self, things that I have continuously struggled with, things I know that I need to fix about myself, things I know that need to change, things I know that are not right, yet I continue and continue. But do you know what the Lord has never even threatened to do? You know what he's never threatened to do? Stop loving me. Never. Never once. That's the kind of grace of forgiveness that we need to be need to be giving. You see that Jesus' love is the basis of our forgiveness, and that's never going to end. He is the kind of God who does exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. I can't imagine if one of y'all did to me what I've done to the Lord Jesus Christ, how you would react to me. But Jesus, he loves us anyway. There's another there's a reason that we want to stop forgiving. There's a reason we want to stop forgiving. Because it hurts our feelings after a while. I I don't know how y'all are, but um, I know how I am. I'm patient to a point. I am. Ask Vanessa. She'll tell you. I'm patient to a point. I'm real patient. I'm real easy to get along with. I'm real flexible. But I go from zero to 160. I just go boom like that. I'm done. 
Now, I'm patient, real easy, real good. But what happens is, what happens is, I get my feelings hurt, I get frustrated, I get upset, I get mad, because what I'll do, and again, this is, this is me, some, people, some of y'all are wired a little differently, but the way I am is, I've been gracious to you, I've been kind to you. Why are you acting like this now? Let's just get it, because there's an end. What we, we say there's a reason I want to stop, because even in the, the church discipline, in verses 16 and 17, what's going on? What's the repeated, what's the repeated mantra? He's not going to hear you. He neglects to hear you. He's neglecting to hear the church. Y'all ever dealt with somebody like that, that you talk to them time and time again, and they won't answer your phone call, they won't call you back. When you do talk to them, they act like you don't exist. When they, everything you say goes in one ear and goes out the other. When you're sitting in front of them, they might as well, you might as well not be there because they're in a, they're in a million miles away. You ever, you ever dealt with people like that? It makes you mad. It may, okay, maybe it doesn't make you mad. It makes me mad. It makes me it's mad, and it's, it's in the flesh. I'm not saying I'm right to be mad. I'm just telling you, I get mad about it. I'm just, it just infuriates me, because I'm sitting here trying, and you're sitting there ignoring me. I can't stand that. Because it hurts to be rejected. Does it not hurt to be rejected? Does it not hurt to be ignored? That's why we want to stop forgiveness. That's why Peter's saying, I'll forgive seven times. That's going to hurt me bad enough, but some point i got to stop this pain that's what he's saying what i want is i want closure i want to be able to say i did what i could and i'm done that's what i want to be able to say and that's what i think that's a natural instinct towards forgiveness is i want to be able to end it so i want to put an end on it i want to say i've done what i can now it's on you buddy you deal with it now that's what i want to do But forgiveness, the kind of forgiveness Jesus is talking about here, it doesn't put the onus on the offender. It puts it on me. That hurts. That's heavy. That's a lot. But we're looking at not the love that I have, but the love that the shepherd has. And what does the shepherd do? The shepherd's love compels him to look. Go back. I want you to look at this with me. Uh, Chapter 18, verse 12. He says, if a man have a hundred sheep and one of them be gone astray, doth he not leave the ninety and nine and goeth into the mountains and seeketh that one that, which has gone astray? Now think about what's involved in that. I understand that this man and, this, and Jesus is giving a parable to, to make a point here, but, but imagine that. You've got a hundred sheep and one is gone. That one is valuable to you, right? It is. But are you really willing to sacrifice the ninety-nine? In this case, Jesus says, I am willing to go and pursue anyone even though it's going to cost me dearly. And he does. He pursues. The little one, the one that that Jesus pursues after this one, he is willing to sacrifice anything for that. If the basis of our love is, or excuse me, the basis of our forgiveness is love, and not just any love, but the love of Jesus Christ that's never-ending and always pursuing then that means, what did Jesus' love drive him to? It drove him to the cross for you and me. So if I'm going to love people like that and forgive people like that, do you know what that means I'm going to have to do? I'm going to have to take some, take some wrong. I'm going to have to put in some sacrifice. I'm going to have to be willing for people to ignore me, for people to reject me, and do that time and time again. 
Y'all remember last week we were talking about some people that we want to pursue, and maybe some of you, there were some in this church that, that, are, that were in the room as we were talking about them. Uh, they, they were talking about themselves, about how they were far from God, but the church and people in the church continue to lovingly pursue them. Do y'all remember this? That, that's not easy to do. That's not. Because what my mind wants to do, because I'm my, I am me, is I want to write them off. Done. Done with them. No, not, not worth my time. And if y'all ain't feeling that, I'm sorry, but I'm just telling you that's where Matthew Tilly's head goes immediately. Because that's what I want to do. I'm, I'm trying. I'll do everything I can for you. I'll break my back for you as long as you're with, this with me. But the minute you're against me, then I'm against you. That's my, my mentality. But if I want the mentality of Christ, that's not his mentality. His mentality is one that says, I am going to forgive no matter what. And then my question to you is, are you ready to forgive like that? And I'll just go ahead and answer you, no, we're not. I want to be ready to forgive like that, but we're not quite ready to forgive like that. That's what this whole series really is hint, uh, centered on, is this idea of forgiving the way that Jesus forgives. Because we've got to be willing to forgive without any promise, without any assurance that the person we're forgiving is ever going to be sorry. We've got to be willing to forgive without any assurance that they'll never hurt us again, that they'll never disappoint you, that they'll never, that, that you may never have an end to this situation. You may be dealing with that thing that you need to forgive somebody over. That may be going on for the rest of your life. And if you do this right and do it enough times, there are going to be some people that are going to tell you, leave me alone. I don't want to anything to do with you. And you're going to have to tell them, I love you in the Lord. And you're going to be wise about it. Don't get me wrong. You're not going to be some kind of stalker person. But you're going to be wise about this and love them and continue to pursue them as appropriate. You're going to continue to do that. There are going to be people that actually hate you because of this. Now, I do want to end on a word about forgiveness compared to restoration. This is one of the things that comes out of this. Because if you listen to what I just said, that there are some things that may come up that you are going to say, well, I can't do that for that person. But I do want to make sure we distinguish forgiveness versus restoration. See, forgiveness is really about not holding something against somebody else. That's really what that's about. Uh, not, not holding it in your own heart, holding it against them. You're, you're, you're trying to pursue restoration. That doesn't mean you're going to restore. I can forgive you. And you may reject me, and there's no restoration there. You understand that? I mean, I don't hold it against you, but we can't be what we were at one point. Because restoration is a different thing. Restoration is returning to that position where we were before anything ever happened. I think about examples like infidelity in a marriage. I can imagine that would damage the marriage and the trust and all the things that are involved there. You, as the, other, as the, as the offended spouse, you can forgive not hold it against them. But if that other spouse is not willing to work with you and try to show and earn that trust back and, and show that they're willing and committed to this marriage, I don't know how much restoration is going to happen. Do you understand the distinction there? Uh, if we've got somebody in this church, just bring it into a church setting, we've got somebody in this church who has sinned against another member, that member can forgive. I'm not going to hold it against you. But if that person is not willing to Come and say, listen, I want to get this right. I want to fix this. And I want to show the church that I'm ready to make this right. If they're not willing to do that, we can't do a whole lot to put them back in the same position. You understand? For example, I'll just make it real specific. If as your pastor, 
I do some horrible thing, maybe I commit adultery or I I sin against someone in this church, I hope that you'll forgive me and not hold it against me. But Lord, help you if you allow me to enter this pulpit again without, well, first of all, without any kind of uh, reconciliation efforts on my part at all. And honestly, I don't know that I'm even qualified to enter in the pulpit again, depending on exactly what I've done. Do you understand the distinction there? So I'm not necessarily saying, and I don't believe the Lord is saying, that just because we forgive somebody, we act like nothing ever happened. Part of forgiveness means I'm trying to push you towards reconciliation. If I truly love you, think about your children. Think about your children. If you really love your children, are you just going to let them do anything, any old thing they want? I don't think so. I don't think that's real love. I think real love says, I'm going to forgive you, and I'm going to love you. I'm not going to kick you out of the house, but I'm going to love you, and I'm going to, but I'm going to keep showing you the right thing to do. And we need to make that distinction between forgiveness and restoration. Jesus is the one who restores. Jesus is the one who justifies sinners. We don't do that. But you know what we do as the church? We can forgive. We can not hold it against them, and we can keep drawing them to Christ, drawing them to Jesus. Let him change them. Let him transform them. We want to let his love do that. So are we ready to forgive like Jesus? I would dare say we're probably not. But why don't we make it as a a church, a commitment? This is what I'd like y'all to do. And y'all don't have to do it tonight. That's up between you and God. But I'm going to ask you to make this commitment that you're going to do everything in your power, particularly within the membership of this church, but I think it should also leak out of that too. You are the relationships outside of the church, but particularly within the membership of the church, we're going to forgive like Jesus. There are going to be some people, you might be that person, I might be that person, that are going to be hard to forgive sometimes. But we're going to remember what Jesus did for us, and he never stopped. He loved us so much that he kept forgiving. He kept forgiving. He kept forgiving. And we're going to let Jesus restore people, because we can't do that for them. Yes, they need to accept the forgiveness. They need to uh, repent and all those things. That's, there's a lot of stuff tied in. The, but at the, end of the, at the beginning of all this is, am I willing to forgive? And I think the answer is we're not quite there. But I want to ask you to commit to that very thing tonight. I want to ask you to stand. We're just going to take a moment to pray. We're not going to have a, a lengthy altar call or anything like that. In fact, Vanessa, no need to even play the, play the piano tonight. We're just going to take a moment to pray. But I would ask you to pray with me. Pray the prayer that you want to pray. Speak the way you want to speak to the Lord. But please, ask Him about your own heart. There might even be a specific situation you need to forgive somebody about that's already on your mind. How am I going to deal with that? How am I going to deal with that? Ask the Lord to help you forgive like Jesus in that situation. Ask Him to do it. Thank you for joining us for Seeking Christ in the Scriptures, the teaching and preaching podcast from McConnell Road Baptist Church in Greensboro, North Carolina. I'm Pastor Matthew Tilley, and I'm so glad you joined us here. But if you'd like to learn more about the church, please visit us online at mcconnellroadbaptist.org.